Hi everyone, my name is Andrew Graziano and today I'm going to talk about five tips on how to get into your absolute dream school of all time. Uh, I definitely did. I got into the school that I've really always wanted to go in pretty much by following these same five techniques. Uh, so one of the problems that I had, especially when I started entering the college application process, was I looked at a lot of videos, I read a lot of books, and none of them really had a lot of good information. I was maybe at most getting one thing out of like a 200 page book and like stuff that I had already heard on videos. So I see this podcast as more of a kind of a uh, culmination of all of those things that I watched and spent a long time on and really had to learn from my experience of doing it uh, because I probably wouldn't do it again but some people might definitely want to uh, so also uh, I'm going to be doing more podcasts just like this one but about pretty much any topic that anyone else wants to talk about so if you're interested in a topic um, or you want to be on the show you should uh, fill out a link that I'll put on this description, I guess, and we'll try to do our best about both of them. I'm going to try to figure out how to get to be able to do multiple, like, people on the podcast that aren't necessarily in, like, the same room, so, like, calling. So, if you're far away, like, if you're going off to college, don't worry about it, because we'll figure it out. Uh, so, let's start with tip number one of five. Uh, learn Common Application early, or apply Texas, but I did Common App, and I thought that one was better. So I'll first go over the differences between the two. Common App is basically any school in the entire world, uh, maybe not the entire world, but any school in the United States uh, that you want to apply to. Uh, I really recommend, outside of Texas, I'll go over Texas in a minute, but uh, I really recommend you doing Common App. So instead of doing like if you're applying to 10 schools you don't have to fill out necessarily 10 applications all individually all through once and like keep writing your name over and over and over again uh, you can just do one common <laughs> common application uh, and so a lot of the information overlaps so you're going to be spending more time answering the questions for that unique college and sitting back and like filling out the form over and over again, which gives you a lot of time to actually, like, go back, check your work, revise your essay, uh, or, like, even work on the essay. Um, and it's the same for uh, for Applied Texas, too, excuse me. But I really found that Common App was a lot easier, like, interface to use personally. I think I applied to one school on Common App, and <laughs> I think I had a problem with that, too. I think I had to, like, contact the school because I knew I was getting into the school, so, and they hadn't sent me anything back, so, uh, and it was like eight months later, but w whatever, um, yes, so, uh, apply Texas, that one's a little bit different, so, the difference is, a lot of the public universities in Texas, uh, I guess they don't want to contribute to, like, a national, whatever, call a common app thing, uh, but, like, a lot of the public universities, like uh, A&M, UT, they're only on uh, Apply Texas. And Rice is, Rice is on both, um, 
and a couple other schools from Texas, like some of the private universities are on both. Um, so if you're only applying to like A&M, UT, that's it, and then maybe like University of St. Thomas in Houston, Sam Houston State, uh, I think Lone Star is a different process. But if you're applying to those schools, then you should just stick to Apply Texas. Don't even worry about uh, doing Common App. And both of them are free, by the way. They are no cost except the application fee, which I will go over in a minute, and it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, so the Common App is really, really cool, and Apply Texas is too. Um, I just found Common App was so much easier. Uh, and like, okay, if you're applying to heart, like if you're applying to any like really exceptional school, like top 20, like uh, Harvard, Yale, Berkeley, and Rice, uh, Cornell, any any of those, like any of the top, really top schools in the country, I would just, and that's it, no UT, no A&M, uh, stick with Common App, like, it's, it's a lifesaver, honestly, and really, I don't even think this school's, school did a really great job of telling me about it, like, I only knew about it because a friend told me about it and, like, made me start looking at them, I'll go over how early I started looking at them later, but, like, she really helped me on the process too of like figuring out what the heck I have to do. Uh, so uh, yes, common app. It's commonapplication.com, I think. I'll check real quick. www.common. I'll just do common app. I can't spell. It's uh, some weird website, but if you just type in the common application, it'll get you there. All you have to do is create an account, and it's super easy. Another thing too on it. Is like uh, I, I don't know who's gonna be the next counselor at our school or whatever but or whatever school if someone else is listening but uh, my counselor only had to upload the transcript one time on common app uh, so that was really nice instead of like having to go back and keep bugging her uh, I just had to she just had to upload the my transcript once given that she had to upload like all three of the transcripts that like were required uh, throughout the year, like, uh, your midterm final, uh, final, or your midterm, excuse me, your midterm, uh, report for your transcript, and then your, like, final transcript, and then I sent mine pretty early, so I had to send my, like, uh, junior final transcript, so that was weird. Another cool thing on it is that it, like, auto-does the recommenders, and given that each college is kind of different, uh, yeah, you can, like, they'll just all be uploaded so if you want to add like someone else you just like so say a college has uh, five optional recommenders right uh, and you have or say a college has three and you have uploaded five you can pick whichever of those three get uploaded and it's really cool and it saves such a ha uh, like such a great amount of time because they don't have to keep sending them to the school or whatever and you want your recommenders to be as happy as possible uh, also, I guess I didn't plan to talk about this, but bonus hint, right? Uh, your recommenders, I think you should get, like, obviously quality over quantity, but over the past, like, 18 years or 17 years or whatever, you've probably met a lot of people that really like you, and you've probably stayed in contact with a good amount. So, like, pick your, like, favorite teacher. Not a teacher that you necessarily got, like, a good grade in their class but pick someone that you really know and like 
are really like a lot closer to, I guess, um, than your like than like a teacher you necessarily got a great grade with. Because if you came into like tutoring with a teacher all the time during lunch and you still didn't get a great grade in that class, a that might like explain the grade away that like you were working super super hard to get like uh, an okay grade in that class and I'm sure they would really like that better than someone like if you just got a hundred and the teacher's like yeah they're pretty smart uh, and two like people who know you better on these reports are like like duh that's the way to go like I knew friends who got their uh, letters of rec from like uh, local business leaders and congressmen and like uh, like superintendents like okay that's cool but if you meet them once like what are they gonna say like it's only name recognition and I promise like if you're competing at a better school there's gonna be people who have like really good friends with congressmen and senators and stuff or maybe even presidents like uh, yeah I think I read in one book one kid got a letter of rec from like Obama and like he didn't get into Harvard or wherever it's Harvard but that should be like show you like get someone who actually knows you and who can actually talk about your character um, and I got I would get if the college says you can upload five try to get five but make sure they're all quality uh, so let's go back to the regular tips uh, so my tip number two is make a list of colleges that you want to apply to and stick to those so I'd recommend you doing that immediately now if you don't have a list so um, honestly I, I think that really you should not apply to more than 10 but some people say 15 some people say 20 so apply to whatever's your heart's content to doing um, I kind of wish I applied to more I think I applied to 8 and that sounds like a lot I'll go over that more in a second but uh, I was kind of disappointed because I'm not disappointed, but um, like I probably could have gotten into some better schools, even though I would have stuck with my uh, original school. Uh, I'll edit that out. Yes. Anyway. Uh, yes. So apply to as many schools as you want. Uh, I'll give you some warnings about doing that, why I stick with 10. Um, and why I kind of recommend that, but make a list of colleges and do your research on those colleges. There's going to be really specific um, questions on their essays or short answers about those colleges. Like, you can't just apply to a school, but and like the only reason you're applying to the school is that you um, like you think it's a top school. Like, you need to know what attracts you to that school other than their academics. One of the rice questions, for example, is like, uh, what perspective would you bring to the residential college at Rice? Uh, that's not the full question, but like, how are you going to apply to the college if you don't know anything about the residential college system or like the culture that surrounds them, the massive culture that surrounds all of that stuff? And also, you should probably look at what culture the campus has, what ah culture the campus wants like simple things like that I don't know like I ask people about their colleges like say um, say my friend Bill wanted to apply to oh uh, well, that's a good school like say you wanted to apply to Yale 
and he, like, didn't check anything about Yale online, like, that's silly. I know Columbia, uh, Columbia asks, I remember Columbia asked really, really interesting questions, like, what's your favorite book? Uh, so maybe those questions you don't really need to, like, suck up to the college about, but what kind of culture do they want to see? Because not only are you trying to, like, are you trying to get in and, like, fit under theirs, but also you should check if your, like, ideas and morals stick with that school that you're going to be going to and spending probably a lot of money for the next, uh, at least, like, four years of your life. Um, so, yes. Uh, so, a thing to remember. So, applying to college, applying, yes, applying to college is extremely expensive. There's fee uh, applications for like $70 for pretty much every college. Um, and I think that applies to UT and AM as well. I'm not sure about that because I did not apply to those schools. But um, I'm pretty sure that it's that pretty much for all of them. Some of the like lesser ranked schools are like, I think they go down to 50. Some of them are free. Uh, I don't really remember. I applied to a few colleges because I had fee waiver, which I'll talk about in a second. But um, some colleges are like free application. I think University of St. Thomas in Houston was. Baylor definitely was. Um, I think that was all that I applied to. You can do a simple search for them, though. Uh, and if you like, I, I, I probably wouldn't apply to just random colleges, but I would check. Uh, but it's really expensive, so if you're applying to, like, 10, and you're, the fees are all $70, that's, like, $700, right? My math's not that great, but pretty sure that's $700, so, like, you need to be pretty cautious, like, you need to think, is it worth that money if I'm applying to a place that I know I won't be, I know I won't go to, or are you just kind of shotgunning your approach at Brown? That, that's gonna really, like, um, make sure you're like honest with yourself on those colleges uh that's why i say no more than 10 because i figure for about four of those or five of those they're going to be a little bit cheaper uh i figure for uh, for a few more i figure you're going to get a fee waiver so fee waivers if you have free or reduced lunch at school you have a fee waiver and if you have a fee waiver apply to as many schools as you want and i'm pretty sure it's free um and I would do it. I would apply to all the IVs if I had that. Uh, you can also get fee waivers for your academic performance. And also, if you know someone at this school, uh, I think for some schools, you can get a fee waiver that way who's kind of like recommending you or pushing you. So, you know, someone at a school who's pushing for you to go there. Or if you have good enough grades or if you've shown enough interest, a school will provide you with a fee waiver. I think I got five or six of those. Um, yes, so I don't think I spent more than, like, $200 on, uh, applying to college. If that, I don't even think I spent that much money. Um, but, yes, uh, it's an investment, like, honestly, and you should not apply to colleges that you wouldn't go to. Um, all the, the list of your colleges should be all schools that if you got in, uh, you would go to. Like, if you shouldn't just do it for the name recognition, like, if I wouldn't go, I wouldn't have gone to, like, Cornell, uh, or 
like some of the IVs that aren't ranked as high, but that are still IVs. I wouldn't have gone to any of them, uh, so I shouldn't have applied to any of them, you know. Um, yes. Uh, so how I did the breakdown, really, I think, uh, for like a general breakdown is, for the 10 schools, is you should apply to four safe schools that you know you can get in. Uh, so those are like, um, I don't know. You you know yourself better than uh, I know you, obviously. But that's how I would do it. Uh, four safe schools that you know you can get in. Um, three pretty sure schools you can get in. So those are like your UTs or A&Ms. Like, you're pretty sure you'll get in. Like, uh, your major too. Like, so... One of the weird things about A&M and UT is that you're, you have to get into your major too. So if you're like wanting to get, I think the business school at UT is probably the hardest thing to get into. Uh, so like if you're applying and you don't get into the business school, like if you're pretty sure you'll get into the school uh, and you're wavy about getting into the major you want, I would call that a pretty sure I guess, because you're still going to be at that school anyway, so that's how they get it around that top 10% rule, right? Uh, and then I think the third tier, so three pretty sure schools, so that's seven, uh, and then three, like, reach schools. Um, so those are your rices. Anything with a acceptance rate less than uh, 15%, uh, or, you know, it's it's up to you. I thought that anything with a acceptance rate less than 15% was a reach school for me. Um, yes, so I would do that. Maybe it's it's it could be 30% for some other people. I think 30% is actually a really good reach school uh, kind of thing. And I think that's something that actually I like that better than 15%. Because 30% is tough. Like, that's 3 out of 10 or 30 out of 100 people get in. Like, I promise you, if you apply to a top 20 school and it has, like, a 30% acceptance rate, 50 of those kids who apply will be just as, like, have just the same grades or better grades than you do. Um, so extracurriculars, big deal. I guess I can go over that, too, later as a bonus hint. Um, or I'll make that my own question. Let's do that. So, extra cred, uh, cred, yeah. Uh, yes, so that's how I would do it down. Now, honestly, okay, uh, four safe schools is kind of uh, generous. Um, so if you're really sure you're going to get into uh, UT, like if you're really sure you're going to get into UT engineering, for example, or uh, A&M engineering, or, you know, um, like, you don't need to have four safe schools, because you're pretty much guaranteed if you have, like, the grades to get in. Um, so you can kind of compensate all over if you have, um, you know, those safe schools. You don't really need to have four of those, so I would maybe move those around to reach, I'm pretty sure. I'd move it to reach, honestly. But uh, you do you, you know. Um, so tip number three, I guess. Uh, start as early as possible. Haha. -ha. This is a really good tip, and I know a lot of my friends uh, regretted not doing this. Uh, it's something that I did, and it really saved my life.
um, and it allowed me to uh, really applying to colleges like I thought it was actually the most stressful part of my senior year even including like all the IB stuff um, all of the testing all of the keeping my grades up blah 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 like that stuff is kind of second your college applications I always thought were a lot more stressful and honestly I would consider it at least oh excuse me during the first semester as more like it's definitely more rigorous uh, than most of my schoolwork was at least I think um, yes so starting early as possible is really helpful because you get to stretch it out longer um, I started looking at questions at the beginning of my summer uh, for mm, last year um, so that was maybe in June uh, so this is a little bit later than that but honestly okay so this is a pro tip the questions I don't think come out till September 1st like they renew their applications and questions are a bit different but oh, excuse me honestly the questions are pretty similar every year um, so you can kind of get a good idea and kind of start planning in your head uh, for instance you you really your essays are like a time where you can get into that like you can compensate for maybe lower grades or lower SAT scores so for example uh, Rice has this thing called the box and you have to submit an image I guess of something that appeals to you um, so it's kind of tricky uh, really I think this was the weirdest thing I've ever seen on a college application process um, and you have to upload an image I don't know what the heck that came from, but it's like their very long tradition, and schools are very known for their traditions, right? Uh, so, like, you know that now, and that's always going to be on there. So, starting early as possible gives you a great idea. Uh, and I actually didn't upload it till the night before it was due. So, yes. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't even really due that night, which is a pity, but whatever. Uh, so starting as early possible really helps with that stuff. It also irons out all the <sighs> technical difficulties that will happen. I promise you, one of my uh, really good friends, uh, his whatever transcript wasn't <laughs> delivered to the college, even though he applied there, or like they got the wrong one and he was like fifth in his class. And the transcript that they had said he was, like, 300th in his class. So that's, like, I don't know. Like, be careful about stuff like that because it can't happen. Ugh. Jeez, I don't know what's going on today. Uh, I guess I can edit that out if I remember. Anyway, starting as early as possible is really helpful. Uh, tip number four, submit as early as possible. Um... I guess these really two kind of go together, but uh, so there's three kind of uh, submissions choices or application choices, right? There's regular decision, early decision, and early application. I really recommend if a school has early decision or early application, you pick those. It saves you a lot of time. You'll figure if you do early application or early uh, decision, you'll find out if you got into that school in mid-December. 
uh, and that's after you applied in November so it's basically a month away but if you uh, you have to apply on November 1st for those to take an effect and I'll explain that difference between the three in a second but regular decision you have to apply by January 1st through like the 5th I think so I've heard some schools just depend um, and yes and you'll find out in mid uh, late to mid April uh, which kind of stinks it really stinks because you have no clue where you're going you don't really have time to get adjusted and you really don't have time to enjoy your senior year uh, and it's like yes so I would really just apply early uh, early decision is like if you know you will go to that school if they accept you it's a binding admissions process uh, the acceptance rate is a little bit higher um, the school knows you want to go there so they know you have interest it's a binding contract you can get out of it for financial aid stuff um, and you can which is totally fine and the colleges accept that and it's not a big deal uh, if they didn't give you enough financial aid and you need more and you apply to early decision uh, but if you apply so say I apply to ED that's what early decision stands for to Yale uh, but my dream school is Harvard, but I don't think I could get into Harvard, so I don't want to waste my ED. <laughs> um, like, and you try to, and you get into both, and you're like, dang, I want to go to Harvard, and you deny Yale's admissions request, and you accept Harvard's. Yale can send an email to all the schools in the country and be like, uh, Andrew Graziano just came out of his binding agreement, so Harvard may decline you then, and I've heard stories about them doing it, so don't think they won't. Uh, so use that early application is basically the same, but it's non-binding, um, and honestly, like, it shows you have a bit more interest, but it's, um, it has, a, they both have a slightly higher acceptance rate, so I think uh, Rice's, I don't know the averaging between the two, um, I know Rice's acceptance rate in total was 8.7% for this past year. You can look that up on Rice Thresher if you don't believe me. Uh, so I think the early decision was 11% acceptance rate, and uh, the regular decision acceptance rate had to be a bit less than 8.7%. So somewhere somewhere below, but that shows you how like big of a difference, and it's a little bit bigger for those like a little bit easier colleges to get into and at A&M and UT it makes a big difference because they're on rolling applications what that means is they accept as they go so if you apply in August you will uh, only be competing I guess against those people who applied with you so far and once they get the number of students that they can bring in for the year um, they cap it so so I was first in my class at like a huge school, best student in the country, like met the president, saved some organization's life that makes billions of dollars for poor kids. Um, like, and UT capped, like I couldn't get into UT for the year, which is really silly. But public universities, right? Uh, so submit as early as possible. Actually, honestly, I think UT and A&M's uh, application is open right now. So apply to those, get into those, and then you, like once you get in, you can apply to more reach schools. Uh, so submit as early as possible. Regular decision is basically with everyone else. Uh, it doesn't really show interest, and for some schools, they only have early decision, and um, 
early decision and regular decision, no early application. Because early application is like the smartest, best thing ever to do, ever. Uh, I would do it. It's due, uh, anyway, regular decision is the January 1st through whatever deadline. And you're competing against all those kids plus the early decision kids who already got in. So just apply early. It saves your life. Uh, do the early application thing if you can. If you can't, uh, don't do multiple early decisions because that will get you in trouble. But take advantage of this process because it's so, 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 so helpful. Uh, I would apply, I think I applied as many, I think I applied all early action except, and I didn't do an early decision. I tried to do it at Rice, but uh, what I wanted to do, they didn't allow me to do it. Um, and honestly, like, if you can't do early decision, don't worry about it because it's still super competitive at great schools. Um, so, yes, voice crap. So, fifth tip, then we'll do the extra tip, then questions. So, fifth tip is goal set. Uh, this includes, like, being, like, having good self-talk. Goal setting has been my most important technique that I've ever learned in my entire life. Uh, so, having goal setting, maybe I'll do a podcast about this, uh, but spend some time setting goals, and when you talk, don't, uh, dissuade yourself or whatever, like, don't talk bad about those goals or yourself, like, saying, I'll never reach them, or I'm such, like, I can't do anything right, like, that changes your mindset, um, and actually, psychology over the past, like, I don't know, has confirmed this idea, it's like, it's pretty cool, it's called, I'll do a podcast about it, but they say how, this psychological phenomenon, which is recently being explored, um, says that how you talk to yourself, and how you think, um, matters on how your brain will perform, and goal setting is one of those ways that you can, uh, not trick your brain, but you can train your brain into being more powerful to yourself and um, helping you achieve your goals. So what I do is I have a note card with all my goals um, and I look at that every day as much as possible and on the back I have a mantra. Uh, and that, those honestly, if I do that, I, I will accomplish all of those goals and I have. Um, and getting into my dream school was one of them. I, I really, I got in, uh, getting into every single school I applied to was one of my goals and uh, that's what I did. So, like, do that. That's a really lifesaver. Um, maybe I really want to talk about this more, but trust me about this. Set your goals now, and don't talk bad about yourself when you're in the application process, because that only hurts you, and you really don't need to be that negative on yourself. If you're with negative people, get away from them. That's all part of this tip number five. Um... So, let's do this bonus hint real quick. Uh, so, how much do, um, like, extracurriculars matter from your GPA, SAT scores? I really think that uh, SAT, the, I think the formula I saw somewhere is, like, SAT plus GPA. Um, so, they kind of look at those as a combination, and I really think that's about half, that's about half of the process. I think that's how they get rid of the weaker applicants, and if you're in the general vicinity of what they want to see, they'll take you. Um, 
and then so I know what they do at Rice is they have a panel of two people um, so two people look at your application at least and then I th then they go to four they go to six and I think they do that all the way up till they get to 20 people and each of them have to say yes each committee has to say yes on the application for you to get through and it's the same at other top schools that accept less than uh, like 10% I would say who has like more than 30,000 applications because they need to get through all those but they need to spend a fair time looking at all of them so I think when they get to four they'll be done with your uh, four people they'll be done looking at your um, they'll be done looking at your like academics and then once they I really don't know how this process works I know about this committee thing because we went to this thing at Rice called Owl Days for all the admitted students and they told us uh, so that's really cool um, and the cool thing about Rice too I'm going on about Rice but you don't like whatever your major you're doing um, you like you don't declare it till your second year so everyone's not getting in for major necessarily they're getting in for like just being you which is really cool and there's some programs that you have to get into the school and get into that program so it's a bit harder like uh, they have this partnership with Baylor and they only take eight students so you have to get in the school and that program architecture is the same and music is same too and those are all really really selective I'll go I'll make another video on rice I think that would be cool too or not video podcast I think I'm YouTubing but I'm not cool enough to do that uh, so anyway so SAT I think that matters about half but uh, the extracurriculars your essays they all line up and so when you're doing spend time on them like uh, you've been working really hard I'm sure you've been doing a lot of great extracurriculars um, I think I try to fill them all up, but make sure they're quality. I think I had nine out of ten, so try to. F I don't think you have to fill up all ten. I don't think you have to fill up all nine. I'm just very extra. Try to do as many. Like if you have three or four, do those. That's probably good enough. Uh, and your and your uh, writing questions. Spend some good time on those. Actually, this is a really good tip that I forgot. Um, if you talk about one of your extracurriculars uh, and one essay don't talk about it again don't do that because they want to see you as a well-rounded person if you're talking about debate doing debate the whole time don't talk about debate again because they don't care like once they've read about that they don't care they want to know more about you uh, so that's a really I think important tip so those are all the uh, tips I have I gave you a couple bonus hints now I'm going to go over to some questions that uh, I asked for people to come up with. And I actually got a good amount of them. And I couldn't pick all of them, but I tried to pick the ones that I really liked. And a lot of them overlapped with each other. Um, so, oh, shoot. Someone talked about that. Okay. Uh, so someone asked about how the... Do some schools prefer higher SAT, uh, ACT? Do some schools want SAT or ACT? Um, or do they care more about the GPA? Or do they care about one more than the other? Uh, I Some people have told me, like, some older people have told me they care more about the ACT than the SAT. I don't think so. I think they're about equal. Take, take both tests and see whichever one you score higher on. Study for both. 
uh, one time and then take it and then study for one again. Spend your summer taking practice tests. Um, and I really think those test scores will combine with your GPA. Um, and that is a big deal, yeah. It's, you're going to school for academics, so it is a big deal. Spend some time working on those. Uh, but it's not the only thing. Uh, it will, if you have a vicinity SAT score, ACT score, plus GPA, you'll probably be fine for getting to that round where they got, uh, evaluate you more on your extracurriculars and your other stuff. Um, let's do, I really like this one because I had this problem, IB versus AP. Uh, so uh, which one matters more for college? Which one should I, like, should I do? Uh, I'm paraphrasing these. Um, this was hard, and I really can reflect honestly now after I got this whole IB diploma thing. Um, honestly, I think IB is better for you getting into college uh, and being, like, standing out more at better universities, and I think AP is better for credit. So if you're going to, like, Harvard one of the top schools, everyone's going to have AP credit. Everyone's going to have a ton of AP credit. Um, I had a ton of AP credit at school for myself. Um, like, I had, I was one of the few people to get, like, one of those higher awards, um, and I wasn't even doing AP classes, and I was shocked. Like, one girl uh, at Rice, I think they have, um, I think someone, I don't know, but it's really ridiculous on how many AP like credits these kids get like I am so shocked but what a lot of these kids like I think only nine kids in my rice group chat ha were in IB and like passed you know uh, and got their diploma or whatever no no one who got into rice didn't get their diploma uh, but like it really matters, I think, for IB, because that shows you to stand out more. Um, AP is just like the credit thing, and colleges are moving away from that. It's more of a thing they expect now for you to do at the better schools than they'll actually take. Um, yes. Um, someone asked me about the classes for a IB uh, versus AP2. Uh, which one do they prefer? So yes, this is a really good question. So on the transcript, um, they'll see how much, they look at that and they look at how much you've been challenging yourself. I heard this straight from the horse's mouth from the admissions officer at Rice. They look at the classes you took and if you're challenging yourself and you're like some people say, well, it's better to have, uh, it's better to take classes that you, uh, that are hard and you get worse grades in than like taking super easy classes. That's true, but you need to have good grades in those classes. Maybe you can afford yourself one like lower grade than the rest. Uh, like, um, I wasn't as great at math, uh, so I didn't expect myself to get a high A uh, in that class, but I knew I had to make it up for it in my other classes. And I think that's what my uh, like transcript showed, whatever. So I think uh, IB classes are kind of cooler uh, for admissions officers. Plus, you do the whole if you do the whole diploma. Oh, this only matters for a diploma. So if you're doing like one or two IB classes, this doesn't apply. Uh, I think they actually value if you're doing one or two IB classes less than uh, AP, uh, and it won't count. So 
uh, yes. So IB classes, like doing seven of them are pretty impressive. And same way with the AP, like if you're doing seven or eight AP classes, that's cool too, but I think IB will honestly be more attractive uh, in the class-wise. Credit-wise, AP gives you a little bit, they give, it gives you a lot more, but for those, for those schools that you like, for, for schools that you just need to be in like top 7% to get into, it matters, I think, a little bit more. But for like Rice and uh, Harvard, Yale, you're not going to get really that much credit credit either way that the school will actually accept. And a lot of it, they'll do it so it'll overlap. So if you take a lot of history courses, uh, they'll figure out how to give you as little credit as possible. You might get out of one extra, or extra like, I don't know, an extra like elective credit, but yes. Um, moving on, uh, tips on personal statement. I actually got asked this a bit. Personal statement. Let me pull up mine. Uh, yeah, it's really important. Um, don't do a sob story. Um, pick some time taking a pick some time t picking out which one of these essays is going to be the one you want. I think they give you a option of five or six. Um, pick one that you really think you're going to do well on and that you won't do a sob story for. Don't do a sob story. Yeah, just, just don't. It's really, I think it looks bad. And honestly, you're going to be applying against kids who have, like, I don't want to say way worse lives, but they can out sob story you. Um, just, it's a bad idea. I know so many kids who did sob stories, and it's just like, I don't know. They they want you to they want to see that you overcame challenges, but they don't want to see that you like. What did you do about those challenges? Um, what I did for mine um, is I talked about how I had my mind changed about something, and I think that served me pretty well. Um, like, you don't have to say, like, you came here from, like, a, like, a bad country and you somehow pushed yourself to succeed in school, because that's not gonna help, like, there's gonna be kids who came, like, I have a friend at Rice already that I know who, like, came from, uh, one of the countries in Africa, and I know, I'm, sure she didn't write a sob story like you need to be I don't know the right word you need to be humble about your um, the challenges you've faced and like you don't need to sob about them you need to show what you've done to make yourself like what you've done to make yourself a a better person and like what makes you different how does your mind, how have you trained your mind to work against, like, these challenges? Like, don't cry about it. You can talk about something uh, that happened to you and then, like, talk about an event that happened to you, how it impacted you, and don't spend the time crying about it. Like, say it happened, accept it, and be done with it. Talk about how you're 
changing your life or something. I had a friend who, um, this was two years ago. She is extremely smart girl. Um, she was applying to a lot of big name schools. She applied to, I think, pretty sure she applied to like Rice, Harvard, Yale, all of them. Um, and she, um, she had great grades, great SAT score too. And she like, she moved from uh, South Korea when she was like 16 or 17 or something, something pretty like she's in high school and she changed and she, you know, she spoke really good English, but still like that's a big change. She talked about how um, she's a musician and she talked about how she played a piece, um, played this piece that's really famous um, like it's this symphony called New World Symphony. It's about this uh, composer and he's journeying to America. And she talked about how this playing this piece in orchestra made her like reflect on her time. Like that's pretty unique and that's pretty awesome. But like that's what you're going to be competing against. So uh, and even like all my international friends write about stuff like that and. All, like literally all of them literally all of them do about language barriers uh, so I I wouldn't do it I do not I do not recommend any type of sob story let me look at the questions real quick actually and also for the length they say like 600 words 650 650 word limit I wrote like 400 words like quality over quantity yeah, most of these, I think they try to put a lot of these as, like, sob stories themselves. Like, make them so you'll write sob stories. But how, like, I think that their thing is, like, how are you not going to do a sob story? Like, they want to know how you're, I don't know. I could talk about this question literally forever. I did not write a sob story. I talked about how my mind was changed um, with a teacher. How I talk about paradigm shifts, um, and that's try to do something unique, but something that you face that's unique. Um, yes, let me talk about this AP scores because a ton of my friends asked about this. Um, AP scores are like weird, right? Uh, I think they get made a lot bigger deal than they are. Um, I don't really think that the common app really cares, honestly. Uh, you can self-report them, I think. Uh, yeah, you can, actually. It's on testing, on the testing on the page on the common app. I really don't think it matters. Like, uh, by the time you're... A junior I guess I think I what did I have like seven 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 yeah I think I had seven AP tests um, and like that's cool but I think it's more of a cherry like an extra cherry and you need to have fives or fives or fours on those I think to I wouldn't put anything that's not over that um, you can put the ones you in, like expect to take too. That's cool. Uh, if you want to put it 
I don't really think it helps that much. Uh, put it if you have fives or four, uh, fives, maybe fours on subjects that you're not as uh, good in, but like all the kids, this is, I'm talking about, this is specific to higher universities too. So if you're applying to like a school that you know you'll get into, uh, put them no matter what you got. But if you're applying to top 20 school, uh, make sure they're fives because they're they're just gonna expect that you took these classes and got fives or fours. Like, that's the cold fact. Um, uh, I did submit scores though. I, I did. Uh, it probably helped, honestly. And I, I wish I, I think I talked about how I took some tests that I didn't take the class for. Maybe I didn't talk about that, but they should have seen that on my transcript. Um, and that's cool. Um, scholarship. Yes, big question. Good question. Um, so common application has financial aid resource. That's a big deal. Take advantage of that. Um, I would recommend applying for school scholarships, as many as you can. Apply for all of them. Um, do some big scholarships, like 50000 but I, like, I applied to, I think, one of those. Um, they're competitive, yeah. Um, and they have, like, cutoffs. Um, like, have backup, because, honestly, like, you don't want to be in debt any more than you have to be, and doing work-study programs is not necessarily scholarship. I would try to get as many scholarships that are outside of the government as you can, because the government always has some loophole on how they're going to get their money back. Maybe, you know, what would be cool is if I got Kalen on to... Kalen is one of my good friends, and he's a great expert on money and debt, but you don't want to have debt, and uh, you don't really, honestly, you don't want to go to a school that you can't pay for, because that is a dumb thing to do. Uh, a college education from Harvard is not worth um, going in debt you can't pay for. And an interesting fact that I learned is college debt follows you throughout bankruptcy, so it's always going to be there. Do something that you can pay for. Um, Rice this has great scholarship stuff. Um, some schools are making it, some private schools are making it so that it's free to go to. Um, that's great. Take advantage of it. Um, I'm going to do some more college uh, podcasts because I think it's important. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a Google, like one of those Google spreadsheets. And if you have any questions at all, put them on there. Or if you want to be part of a show, uh, put them on there. And we can talk about any topic you want. And I think it'll be great. I really do. Uh, so thank you for listening. Um, have a great time applying to college. And really enjoy your senior year. Um, if you have any more questions, please feel free to contact me. Uh, you guys will do great. You're taking the initiative early. Um, I really honestly wish you the best of luck.